and good morning, and welcome to this special edition of the Sacred Heart Hour here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined live in the studios with Chuck and Joanne Wilson. Good, good morning. morning! And we're bracing ourselves and trying to remind ourselves not to say this is the first Friday, as <laughs> we normally join you. It's the second Friday. And since the month of June is the month dedicated to the Sacred Heart, we are being brought to you live every Friday morning during this month of the Sacred Heart to help you grow deeper in your knowledge and love of our Lord's Sacred Heart and the mysteries of His mercy that issue forth from that heart. We invite you to join us in prayer as we begin this hour. The morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There we go. And now we're off. And we are off, <laughs> off and running. Well, Father, you know, the daily offering prayer, I know, is the one that we recommend after the enthronement for families every morning to get and pray that together. Any thoughts about why we're offering that specific uh, prayer in the morning for families? Sure. Well, the morning offering prayer has been commended to all uh, Catholic Christians to pray every day, to begin their day with that morning offering, and by entrusting themselves to the Sacred Heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, while uniting themselves to the offering of the Holy Mass— wherever that may be, the altar in your nearest parish church or at the altar at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. It's really a prayer that unites us all together as one family every morning, whenever that morning begins, whether it's early or mid or later in the morning. But to enter into that morning offering prayer is a way of uniting ourselves as a family uh, focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. So how much more appropriate would it be for the household that's enthroned the Sacred Heart to then have uh, an even greater attentiveness to praying that morning offering. You know, seeing that the Lord is at the center of the home as king, brother, and friend, he unites us to all of our other brothers and sisters who are in the faith. You know, for uh, parents driving their children and even now driving them to swim team and different lessons, when you have them in the car, it's a great time. That was the time, you know, growing up, driving them to school to say those morning prayers. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they'll say them on their own when they first get up, but maybe not with the rush of schedules and even growing up. But um, get those prayers, you know, memorized so you can begin them. And a a car is a great place for teaching the faith and, and praying as a family. Well, you definitely have a captive audience, don't you? You do. <laughs> so, yes, that's I, what I always you know, loved we, about it. We hear it a lot from individuals and parents and uh, you know couples and even grandparents and aunts and uncles. It's like, well, I'm not really sure of the importance of going through the prayers because you know, what happens if they don't say them later on? Well, the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is none of us have that later on. But what we do have is the right here and right now. So better to consecrate this moment and to pray with the little ones around us Uh, whatever their age may be, and uh, to enter into that prayer with them and to try to plant those seeds 
and water seeds that have already been planted. And the morning offering prayer is such a powerfully beautiful prayer, but let us never forget the importance of just revisiting like the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. And Father, even if there are children in your car who are not Catholic, we had a situation in our neighborhood where you're driving carpools and years later, um, this person now successful, not Catholic, living far away, said she still says that morning <laughs> offering prayer. And it, it just thrilled me that, you know, as a child learning that prayer, saying it together, and that is something, a seed that was planted and that is still growing. As Father mentioned, this is a special edition this month. We're going to be on every Friday uh, talking about the Sacred Heart because this is the month of the Sacred Heart. And there's so much to share. Oh, we got a great program. (laughs) Uh, But again, our mission of the Sacred Heart Hour is to promote the enthronement to the Sacred Heart of Jesus throughout the Diocese of Ohio and beyond. And as we're promoting that, again, uh, it came directly from Jesus himself. He told St. Margaret Mary Alico in 1673 that he would bless each home where a picture of the Sacred Heart is exposed in honor. And I know last week, Father, we talked a lot about the enthronement. And before we get into the program, but this program, we're going to really be talking a lot about the honoring. Yeah, how to carry on that relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord Jesus Christ after we've asked that the Lord make our home or our dwelling a part of his kingdom. You know, acknowledging the kingdom of God is one thing. Acknowledging that God is at the center of the kingdom is another step. Acknowledging that the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only begotten Son of God the Father, has entered into our our life, our reality, and he wants to dwell in our homes, and he wants our homes to be a part of that kingdom. That's what takes place in the enthronement. Mm-hmm. We make Jesus the king, brother, and friend in our home. But there's always that challenge in society and in culture to do the one and done. Okay, I've checked the box. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to go on to the next one. What do I have to do? Uh, okay, we should be good, right? We're, this is going to take us all the way to the end. And forgetting that it's really a day-by-day uh, relationship and a development. And that, that all falls under that opportunity to honor the Lord to honor the Lord's sacred heart that we have brought into our home, to honor the presence of the Lord who's dwelling among us in our home. You know, in in the process of the enthronement, one of the more beautiful uh, references uh, that I know the three of us have found great meditation in is uh, when we ask the Lord to make our homes another Bethany, Mm. to make another Bethany the place where we live. And if you think about it, that's where Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were. And that's also where the Lord ascended to the Father in heaven is in that place of Bethany. Um, and I remember speaking to the very fine men of uh, uh, Sugar Grove area, St. Joseph's Parish, and they came from other parishes as well. And I told the men, I challenged them last Saturday, I said, remember, our homes, wherever, wherever a Catholic Christian is dwelling, that home is supposed to be a Bethlehem. That home is supposed to be a Nazareth. That home is supposed to be a Jerusalem. That home is supposed to be a Bethany. And our homes are supposed to be that place where Jesus is literally born every moment. That was the new meditation, a new insight for us after we enthroned our home. And even now, because it's something that goes deeper, it's something that grows. But it, it's a it's a very peaceful, beautiful, meditative, you know, little phrase. Right. Make your home another Bethany. Bethany. 
And what does that mean now for my home at this time? Right. I was just talking to somebody there. They're like, Father, I, I really want to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And I said, well, you know, ask the Lord to bless that desire. No, there's no way I can make a pilgrimage with my health and my knees and my feet. You know, but I just really wish I could see the place where the Lord lived. And I said, Han, just do the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. <laughs> I was like, he wants your home to be another Bethany. Bethany. He lives here. I was like, and it's way cheaper, too. <laughs> it's totally cheaper. You know, and I mean, you have that opportunity and. Uh, Albeit, to be brutally honest, she kind of looked at me like I had lost it. You know, yeah, I said, I've been to the it, Holy Land. It's not quite the same <laughs> as my home. <laughs> but the opportunity to live in a place where the Lord lives, and that's the challenge of the enthronement, truly. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge of making sure that when we open our, our lives, our hearts and our minds open to the Sacred Heart, that we do understand the Lord is living there in our mm-hmm. home with us, and that we cannot, we should not. There, how could we possibly turn our back on Him? And that's where the honoring comes in. Honoring the Lord in his sacred heart after we've brought him into the home is acknowledging the Lord lives. And, and the Lord those lives holy here. reminders. And we bring holy reminders <laughs> with us when you open your door to Jesus through the enthronement of the sacred heart. We bring beautiful framed pictures. And if you are wondering what those images look like this month... In the Catholic Times is the very same beautiful image on the front cover. And two great articles. And um, I think they both complement each other, Father, because uh, they they go into the history, the the what, the why, and how to do it and so forth. But how this got started, the Sacred Heart Columbus, how we're up to 2,500-plus homes now enthroned. Uh, 80 missionaries. But I think for a lot of people, if you have a question, this is a great time to make sure you have the Catholic Times. Great articles. And Mm -hmm. two great articles and so forth. And also, I'd like to do a little shout out to the Sacred Heart Church because they're going to be having a Mass on June the 28th with Bishop Brennan. And uh, it's going to be on the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Uh, We do have a couple issues with it, so we want to bring it to your attention. One, there is limited parking of 85 spaces on their property. So our recommendation is since you cannot park on the streets anymore because you need a permit parking pass, uh, go to St. John the Baptist in the front. Do not go to the back. If you Mm. go to the back, you'll get towed. Mm. But if you go to the front lot, You'll be fine, and you can walk over. And if that does not work, go to St. Matthew's at 7 o'clock. They're going to also have a Mass for the Feast of the Sacred Heart on that Friday, June 28th. And Blessed Sacrament will be enthroning their parish on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, June 28th. Both Masses at St. Matthew's and at Blessed Sacrament are at 7 The one at Sacred Heart Church is at 6. Then afterwards, just for parishioners only of the Sacred Heart, uh, they're going to be having a dinner afterwards for the parishioners. So this is going to be a real celebration for Sacred Heart Church. But we really, Father, isn't it something our Lord requested that we honor that feast day. Sure. And I think, you know, it's a beautiful opportunity if you have, uh, if that evening is free to make this a day of pilgrimage. 
Hmm. You know, here's three opportunities, and I'm sure there are many more out there. Uh, perhaps even in your own parish church, there might be a special Mass being offered for the Feast of the Sacred Heart. But if you've never visited Sacred Heart Church in downtown Columbus, or St. Matthew the Apostle Church in Gehanna, or Blessed Sacrament Church in Newark, those are just three opportunities to make a little pilgrimage to celebrate the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Three different churches, three different areas, and uh, all of which are beautiful, all of which have um, the priests you know, who love the Lord. At Sacred Heart Church, of course, Bishop Brennan will be offering the Mass Uh, at 6 p.m., and then at St. Matthew, and then at Blessed Sacrament, Gehanna and Newark, respectively speaking, uh, the parish priest will be offering the Mass, Father Wilson at Blessed Sacrament, and I presume Father Sill at St. Matthew. And their Masses are at 7 p.m. So if you make it for Sacred Heart, you can't find parking, can't get in, you got another hour (laughs) head, uh, head east to Gehanna or Newark. And to make it, like I said, just make it a little pilgrimage where you can uh, take full stock and advantage of the beautiful gift of mercy and love that the Lord gives to us from and his Father, sacred heart in the Eucharist. doesn't this kind of remind you of divine mercy when it was really getting rooted in a special way in our diocese where there were, you know, one parish celebrating it. And, sure. and now there's so many, and hopefully the same will be true with the yeah. Feast of the Sacred Heart. And it's, it's really beautiful. Things kind of come full circle, right? Because yeah. when Father DeVille was at Sacred Heart Church, he primarily, oh, you know, he began the yes. Divine Mercy devotions in Columbus there at Sacred Heart. I know there were other parishes that also had it, but I remember going to Sacred Heart for Divine oh, Mercy when I was uh, uh, much younger. <laughs> but I'll go there. And, and he was very happy to kind of welcome that devotion, the confessions, mm-hmm. the adoration at Sacred Heart Church. And really, all three churches are, they're really quite beautiful. So if you've never had a chance to visit any of them, this is a beautiful opportunity to attend the Mass. Uh, you know, receive our Lord Jesus Christ in Holy Communion at the Holy Mass and offer those graces up in reparation and to just give thanks and praise for the opportunity to adore the Lord in His most sacred heart. So three beautiful opportunities given to us on the feast day of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Friday, June 28th, uh, here in our diocese. And also, Father, I know we have this Sunday coming up the Most Holy Trinity, followed by the following Sunday, the Most holy body and blood of Jesus. And then we go into the sacred heart. But, you know, it seems like everything leads to the heart of Jesus. Yeah, well, in the month of June, of course, the whole month is dedicated to the sacred heart. And uh, it all it all comes together. I don't, you know, one of them can stand out at a particular day, like this coming weekend, we're going to be celebrating the beautiful gift that has been given to us that is the knowledge of God's presence, his Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And of course, as you reflect upon the power of the Trinity, one of the things that overwhelms us is his love, the love that he has as a communion of persons. And the fact that this is so desperately needed for us to hear in today's world, because so very many people struggle with loneliness and feeling despair over being cast out or apart or left behind. But when we look at, into the mystery of God and we consider that which he has revealed to us, we see a communion of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we know if we're created in Imago Dei, in the image and likeness of God, we are com- created for communion. We're created for a union with others, a relationship. And the Lord Jesus, he makes that very clear because he gives us his heart. You know, what more greater sign of a relationship is there than the one who enters into our presence and offers us his heart? I mean, that's a pretty bold statement as to the power of love and union and communion and relationship. So when we enter into this Sunday, the beautiful feast, the solemnity of the Holy Trinity, there's that powerful reminder. Remember, it's not what we're guessing. 
It's what we're knowing. The Lord has revealed to us the reality of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit through sacred scripture. And we know that we are made for that unity. We're made for that union with God. And the Lord Jesus knows the battles we have to fight day in and day out. He knows uh, just how stressed we become because of the pace of life we live. And so he enters into our presence. He enters into our reality and offers us his heart. So if you already have the sacred heart in your home, one of the beautiful ways you can honor that sacred heart is by paying attention to that heart that is enshrined in your home and acknowledging that this weekend, this Sunday, Holy Trinity Sunday, that heart is a very visible reminder of the communion that awaits us in the Trinity and that he has given his heart to us so that we know how to make our way back to him. And likewise, a week later, another big event, we celebrate Corpus Christi, or in some uh, places they call it Corpus Domini. Of course, it's Latin for the body of Christ or the body of the Lord. Uh, in English, we call it the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But Corpus Christi, as it's popularly called, a beautiful day to renew the enthronement, to renew your covenant with the Lord. Um, remember, the heart of Jesus that we see depicted in the sacred heart image that we have in our homes or in our apartments or in our condominiums, that heart of Jesus that we see depicted in that picture is in truth the reality of the heart that we receive in Holy Communion. So when we're entering into the Mass and we're giving thanks and praise for the opportunity to have in our presence and to receive in body, blood, soul, and divinity, Jesus in the Holy Eucharist, we're receiving his heart. So the heart, we, uh, the heart we honor in our home is the heart we receive in the Holy Mass. You know, I wow. thought of this morning being uh, having the privilege of being at Mass at 630 at St. Andrews, Joanne and I, and just really understanding this is his heart he's giving us. Right there in the Mass. Right there. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, and I think for us, you know, sometimes we're all on a journey. Sometimes we get it immediately other times it takes us a while. I'm a it's still slow taking learner. us a while. Yeah. But I think in doing that, yeah. I'm, I'm now understanding that the Lord wants wants to give us his heart yeah. so our heart can change to be like his heart. So true. And uh, so forth. But I know, Father, this is going to be a big month, and we're going to talk about honoring and maybe help people understand our Lord has asked us to expose Yes. which last month you talked about the enthronement, now the honoring. Sure. You know, in the honoring, it's really, it's, um, it can be a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. Uh, and the reason why it can be a challenge is because when we honor the Lord's sacred heart, it, it asks um, of us a change in life. You know, we don't just hang the picture and then walk mm -hmm. away. We uh, enthrone the image it's not like just tapping a nail into the wall and then we hang it and then walk away. No, there's an actual process. Uh, there's a, a dedication. There's more of an, an intentional effort. You enthrone the image. You place the image of our Lord in a place of honor. Or I tell people, I said, you know, if you have somebody coming over, Chuck, this will speak to you. If you have somebody coming <laughs> over who's going to be helping you pick out flooring, I mean, they're going to they're say, well, what's the frequency of traffic in this area? You know, we need to know how much foot traffic is there going to be in this hallway, in this room, you know? Okay, the higher the foot traffic, the more important the place, right? Hmm. The more important the place, the better it is for the Lord's sacred heart. Don't stick them in the closet where you're going to put carpet that doesn't need to ever be stepped on. No. <laughs> you put them in a place, you put them in a place where the flooring has high durability, high traffic resolve, hmm. you know? And I have no idea where any of this is coming from because I'm sitting across from like the king of flooring here. <laughs> so 
<laughs> but you know, you think of that high traffic. You're speaking to his heart, <laughs> but you think about that, you know, and it's like you want the Lord to be the in the place where there's the most foot traffic. He wants to be in the place of honor. He wants to be in that place where everyone's going to see him and have an opportunity to encounter him and to meet him mm. and to honor him. It requires that change of how we live and to not just pass by the image of the Sacred Heart. I have some very dear friends. They took the image of the Sacred Heart in their home uh, after they were listening to the uh, show one time. Uh, they took the image from like their formal sitting room where no one ever saw him and they put him on a wall right next to their front door. And I said, but you don't ever use your front door. Hmm. You always use the garage. They said, well, that's true. But we all have our bedrooms upstairs. And every time we come down the stairs, we see Mm -hmm. the heart of Jesus right there by the front door. We might not use the door, but we see the image of his heart. And that's what what matters. And it's like, well, that's exactly right. That is what matters. So you see him before you retire. And you see him, you know, when you're starting your day. He's right there. And they pass by that image, have to be a thousand times a day. Whereas before... You know, he was in the home, but he was in a room that was never seen, never visited, a very low foot traffic area. And he, he wants to come as you are. Absolutely. You know, I've, I saw in front of a church one time a sign that says, uh, come as you are, change inside. <laughs> <laughs> I've always remembered that. That's a and good it's one. kind of like the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. You know, I will come as you are, but you will change inside yeah. as you welcome me and as you, you know, we begin this really new relationship. Right. And how many times have we heard that after an individual or a couple or a family, a household has done the enthronement, things start to get moved around a bit. Uh, you yeah. know, it's like, well, you have invited the Lord into the home. So don't be surprised if as king, brother, and friend, he's like, I think we're going to move the furniture this way. <laughs> now, he's not actually moving like the island and the chairs. What he's doing is he's shifting the importance in the heart. And sometimes there is that initial uh, period of adjustment. It can be a little messy at times. <laughs> <laughs> he turns the light on in rooms that the light's not usually on, you know. <laughs> um, but he starts to adjust things in our life. Yeah. And a lot of times people will call with, anxiety or frustration. I said, Mm -hmm. well, but all of a sudden, what happened to the peace? It's like, well, he's bringing the peace. But what we didn't know was just how much maybe unsettledness there was. And so the Lord has to bring that to the light so that we know how to allow his peace to heal. You know, Father, um, I know you've helped us understanding that usually sometimes when there's a storm Mm -hmm. after you've been thrown, Oh, There's yeah. something good to follow that oh, storm. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, we're out on the sea and it's all rough. Yep. And, uh, or we're on a cruise ship. We've only done it once. And the ship starts going up oh, and sweet down. Oh, mercy. There's no way. Down. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. We nope. were one and done. That's Talk one. about one and done. <laughs> one and done. But all of a sudden, then it was calm and everything yeah. was fine. And I think that's what the Lord is doing. He knows the home yes. needs that awakening. Yeah. And that's what the Sacred Heart, and and one of the questions, Father, is people always ask, well, how do I honor yeah. the Sacred Heart? What do I need to do differently? Yeah. I, you know, just going right off the bat, I would say the most important thing we can do to honor the Sacred Heart is by persevering and oh, loving Him. Oh, that's good, Father. Just persevere in loving Him. You know, things get rough, love Him. <sighs> things get tough, love Him. Mm. Things become calm. Love him. Now, I mean, just think about that for a moment. Mm. I mean, just think about that. Oftentimes when things get rough and tough, what happens? We turn inward and we start to think that everything is on our shoulders. And then when things become calm and peaceful, we tend to think everything's good and we no longer need the Lord. 
So in two different situations, actually polar opposites, what? In both situations, mm. we don't pay attention to the Lord. We don't persevere in honoring Him. So one of the best things we can do, the first thing we can do in honoring the Sacred Heart is to persevere in being focused on Him. And, uh, you know, Chuck, you're right. Uh, going back to St. John Marie Vianney, the patron saint of all priests now, especially parish priests, but all priests, um, you know, he said he always could tell when there was going to be a confession that was going to be particularly powerful because a night before or a couple of nights before, he would be tormented. He would have these like storm, these spiritual warfare storms, you know, being tossed about and assaulted and tormented inside and outside by the evil one. And he eventually realized the calling card. He's like, oh, now I know. You're tormenting me. You're bringing the storm upon my life because somebody is going to be sent by the Lord into the confessional. And they're going to have a radical transformation through God's grace and mercy in the sacrament of confession. And if you think about in your own life, oftentimes there are striking similarities to that uh, point that St. John Marie Vianney makes. And if we think about it, it's like sometimes, you know, there's that little rebellion in reality. There's a little, a little fight, a storm, if you want. Sometimes it can be really quite painful, uh, and we have to persevere through it. Uh, like the beautiful words of the Carmelite Sisters of the Most Sacred Heart in Los Angeles. They say, you have to, if you know the storm's coming, lean into the wind. You know, because mm. if you try to just lock your knees and stand stiff, you're eventually going to get blown over. You're going to get worn out. But if you lean into the wind, you actually will not only persevere, but you'll survive. And you'll survive and you'll be much stronger. That's a beautiful image. And, uh, and they actually have a beautiful song. It's called that, Lean Into the Wind. Really? <laughs> but the, uh, I mean, it's really a powerful thing. You know, the first mm-hmm. step of honoring the Lord is to persevere. Persevere in being focused on Him. And uh, the other areas, you know. Bring the Lord into your common conversation. Bring the Lord into your common way of thinking. How many, how many times a day do you actually invoke the Lord? Not taking his name in vain. <laughs> That's not what I mean. I mean, how many times do you actually invoke the Lord? Lord, bless this conversation. Lord, protect this drive. Lord, anoint this person who is very, very ill and far from you. You know, Lord, I have a a conversation with my children coming up. You know, they left their toys out or they didn't fold the laundry or their room is a mess. Lord, bless this conversation so that your peace can reign in this home. Those are all very, very easy ways to honor the Lord by persevering and keeping him at the center. You know, for those that um, have not had their home enthroned, uh, we, again, we have the staff here at St. Gabriel Radio. What a gift St. Gabriel Radio what is. What a gift. And now also the Catholic Times. Uh, but you can call in 614-459-4820, 614-459-4820, or go on our website, enthronements.com, and you can go ahead and register. And I was thinking, Father, you know, as a lot of times you said, check the box. Okay, I've been, I've been thrown. But we say there are really three parts to this. There is the preparation part. Right. There is the enthronement part, which is the exposing. Yeah. And then there is the honoring part. Yeah. But all three play together, right, Father? They really dovetail and they all tie together. Yeah. They, you can't have one without the other two, you know? And I think we use on the, the program and in conversation, you expose the heart. Well, what does that mean? That means you actually have the image of the sacred heart of Jesus in your home and you unveil it, you unwrap it, you take it out of the box and you put it up. And you can have more than one. Yeah, you, yeah. So, um, <laughs> we this have is true. several. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and so that's what we say when we, uh, you know, 
uh, expose the heart of Jesus mm-hmm. in your home, in your lives, and then honoring. Um, you know, how do you honor the heart if he's not already there? And when you're bringing the heart in and you're exposing the heart, how do you do that without preparing the way for the Lord? You know, in the words of the Holy Prophet Isaiah, prepare the way of the Lord. Uh, so there is that prepare, there is the expose, and then there's the honor. And, uh, you know, we, so many people, uh, especially in today's world, uh, perhaps even among our listeners this morning, um, a lot of people struggle with thinking and with acknowledging and knowing that the Lord knows them, that they matter, that they're, they're not just a number. They are known by name. They're known by heart. And that uh, challenge that faces so many people, uh, that can be assuaged. It can be healed when we bring the heart of Jesus into our home, and we actually learn to honor him. Now, we highlighted persevering in prayer, persevering and staying focused on Jesus, but there's also the pray. You know, pray frequently, pray often, live a life of prayer. Uh, very simple, very basic, but very profound. Uh, you want to honor the Lord's sacred heart, pray to the Lord. Acknowledge him as king, brother, and friend. Earlier, we spoke of the great gift of being able to go to Holy Mass. Yeah, I remember uh, people will say, Father, what do I have to do to be holy? I said, go to Mass. Well, yeah, okay, but what do I do? To, what do I have to do to be holy? You know, go to Mass. Well, is there anything else? Yes. You can go to Mass. <laughs> it's it like, well, why? So true, Father. It's like, but you receive the Lord. You enter into sacred scripture, the liturgy of the Word. You hear God's Word broken open before you in the Mass. Then the priest, whose whole life was called into existence by God so that you could receive Jesus, the priest enters into the prayers at the altar. The Lord becomes present. Then you, if you're in a state of grace, you have the opportunity to actually receive the Lord in Holy Communion. If you're not in a state of grace, you can attend the Mass, but have that opportunity to know that you're in the presence of your Creator. You're in the presence of the Word. You're in the presence of the Logos. You're in the presence of Jesus, who is the Christ, who can heal and forgive. And He'll give you the words that are needed in order to be able to confess. You know, And then you receive Jesus. You have that perfect union with the Lord. Um, you want to be holy, go to Holy Mass. And your day changes. Your always. priorities change. It always does. I used to think... That, you know, my maybe vocational duties caused me to empty the dishwasher, get the laundry going, sweep the floor. Oh, I didn't have time. But she's a German, too. (laughs) That's true. Very focused. Very focused. Probably so. But, you know, I started. I'm glad I'm on my side of the table. (laughs) I began when Chad was uh, in kindergarten. He's now 40 years old. And I had a big decision to make and knew we needed help making it. And my life was changing, having been to morning mass. And I would agree, Father, that is the single most wonderful, helpful thing that anyone can do. And we have so many opportunities in our diocese. We do. We're very blessed. Well, stay uh, tuned to session two because we're going to get into something called Ooh, it's going to be exciting night adoration <laughs> in the home uh-huh. <laughs> as we bring to a close this first segment on the sacred heart hour brought to you by saint gabriel catholic radio we invite you to join us as we bring to a close the segment and entrust ourselves to the sacred heart O most holy heart of jesus fountain of every blessing i adore you i love you and with a lively sorrow for my sins I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. 
Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessings in all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Prayer is a conversation, and a conversation goes two ways. We speak and we listen. But how do we listen to God? Do we look for signs? I just saw a leaf blow across the street. Am I supposed to leaf my boyfriend? (laughs) I guess God can use signs, but for the most part, He speaks more simply than that, through Scripture. Every day before anything else gets into your head, I want you to start by opening the Gospel according to iPhone. (laughs) It's all right there. Just Google Gospel from Daily Mass. It's really short. Read it. Ask God what He's saying to you through His Word, and then talk to Him from your heart. Make that a daily habit, because if it's not, it'll never happen. Now, you might be thinking, I'm not a monk. I can't pray every morning. Look, I know you're not. That's why I'm only asking you for something that takes about two minutes. And if you do that every day, I promise you, it will change your life. This is Chris Stefanik from reallifecatholic.com. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man, but there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome back to the Sacred Heart Hour here on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. As we're being brought to you live on this second Friday of the month, we're in the month of June, a month dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So here we are bringing yet another hour to you of uh, a love and mercy from the Lord, information about His most sacred and divine heart of Jesus. As we enter into the second segment of the hour, we invite you to join us in our daily covenant renewal. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and our families during the night that is to come and help us to live that we might get to heaven. Amen. 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 Chuck and Joanne, as we are entering into the month of the Sacred Heart, we have so many beautiful gifts and uh uh, it really aids to help us grow and love. One of them we mentioned in the last segment was the Catholic Times. This, uh, the most recent edition features two beautiful articles 
one of them written by Mr. Tim Pewitt from the Catholic Times, another one written by Mrs. Emily Jaminette, your daughter, yes. who's helping us uh, promote and spread the Sacred Heart uh, throughout the whole country. And uh, there's another great mm-hmm. gift given to us in the church today, and that's that little booklet called the Magnificat. Mm. A powerful booklet that helps us have something to read and pray every day, filled with beautiful artwork. But for the month of June, the Magnificat is featuring different saints who are devoted to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And uh, on this Friday, the 14th, here they're featuring Saint Gaetano Errico. Uh, Gaetano was born in a hardworking parent's family in Secondigliano on the outskirts of Naples, Italy. He went to the diocesan seminary at the age of 16, but eventually received grace after grace after grace that helped him fall ever more deeply in love with the sacred heart of Jesus. And he eventually went on to found the Congregation of the Missionaries of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary, who had as their motto to make known to all people the most ardent love of the sacred hearts for us and to kindle this holy and divine love in the hearts of all humanity. He worked tirelessly spreading the kingdom of God by announcing the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. If you don't already have a Magnificat, I encourage you to seek one out. A lot of churches will have extra copies available. You can find them at some of the different stores. Uh, Or I invite you to even consider getting a subscription to Magnificat. It is a great tool in helping people today have something to read in a very short, sweet, concise way and to meditate on it throughout the rest of the day. I don't know what we do without our Magnificat. And, you know, sometimes in doctor's offices or times when you just have that sort of lag time, that's when I save the back part to read about the artwork. Oh, yes. And some of the other little uh, vignettes they have throughout the Magnificat, rather than picking up a People magazine or something secular, it's like, oh, I get to read my back of my Magnificat. And it's uh, so inspiring and uplifting. It's really, uh, and you know, the other thing really is really a gift for when you're in a very public well. space and you pick up the Magnificat, yeah. you know that you're the only person that has picked it up <laughs> versus those other magazines where it's just like, yeah, <laughs> so the Magnificat true. has your fingerprints it's on it. Very you know? true. And if the father's homily isn't exactly <laughs> what you, you know, hope, there's always an amazing meditation. It's a supplemental vitamin. It's a supplemental. <laughs> oh, father, that's perfect. That is. We forgot about our vitamins, <laughs> particularly the supplement. By the way, 614-459-4820. Give us a call, particularly those listeners that have maybe heard the program before, have heard about the Sacred Heart, have talked to families that have been enthroned, have been privileged to hear from Father or Emily or other speakers at parishes about the Sacred Heart, have read the Catholic Times this week, call in or go to enthronements.com, enthronements.com, and register. We have 40 teams doing enthronements, and we will follow up with you. And again, Father... They don't have to redo their kitchen. No, they don't no, have to no, new no. flooring, <laughs> no. even though that hurts me. No new flooring. And uh, we bring everything. We bring everything. Right. The, everything from the rosaries to the booklets, the booklets that have the day-by-day guiding and the prayers and the words, all the way up to the image of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. The Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima, which is in the home during the period of preparation for the enthronement. Uh you know, and then really, truly just an eagerness to aid and assist you. 
And, and there's no cost. Nope. We leave a donation envelope if you'd like to help continue this ministry. Pay it forward. Exactly. <laughs> but it's not like this will be a charge today because of what we're no. bringing. No. And the Lord always provides. And today's program is focusing on a lot of the questions we get about, well, what do we do next? Well, after we've done the enthronement, what do we do now? And that's where it comes in Mm -hmm. uh, honoring the heart of Jesus. And that's really where the rubber hits the road, right? You know, you've brought the Lord into the home. You've announced him, declared him, taken the privilege of highlighting that he is king, brother, and friend in the home. And your home is now a Bethlehem. It's now a Nazareth. It's a Jerusalem. It's a Bethany. And in that place, it's like, okay, now we honor the Lord. We go back to him. And some of the different ways to honor him is to persevere in staying focused on him in good times and in bad, but also to uh, really ask the Lord for the grace to become someone who is able to pray with ease, to pray with mm-hmm. ease. And if you're, if you're thinking out there, you know, like, well, I just never know what I'm supposed to say. Well, then the most basic fundamental prayer you get to say is, Holy Spirit, let your words be my words. Teach me how to pray so that I can uh, share the burdens of my heart, so that I can share the intentions that I carry, so that I can see as the Lord sees and love as the Lord loves. There's also that great gift given to us of the Holy Mass. If you want to honor the Sacred Heart, go to Holy Mass. And we're not talking about uh, obeying the commandments and going to Holy Mass on the Lord's Day, Sunday. We're already supposed to be doing that, you know. We love the Lord, and we give our all on the Lord's Day. We're talking about taking an opportunity to maybe in the middle of the week go to a daily Mass and hear the Word of God and uh, make sure that we can be in the presence of Jesus. And if your schedule allows for it, you know, or maybe enter into that period of discernment, like Joanne said in the last segment, you know, uh, if you're that mom or if you're that dad and you've got a very, very crazy, hectic schedule, it's very easy to succumb to that temptation to think, well, I, I just don't know how I'd fit it in. Makes all the difference. But then you, it's like, well, I'm going to try to fit it in. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be that uh, adjustment period. But then once you get used to the reality of being able to begin your day or maybe in the middle of the day. Or well, even and in at the, the evening. end of the day. Yeah. yeah. We have privileged opportunities for Holy Mass everywhere to have that opportunity to allow the Mass to be a part of your daily way of life. Mm-hmm. And then if um, you have the opportunity to visit the Blessed Sacrament. We are so blessed to have adoration chapels, and a lot of our churches will have the doors unlocked, or at least one of them, so you can visit the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Just make a pious visit. You know, go in and greet Him, meet Him, listen to Him, and then walk away with Him. Allow Him to accompany you as you depart the church. So visit the Blessed Sacrament. And then there's also that privileged opportunity of making a holy hour. And one of the beautiful uh, fruits that has come about from the Sacred Heart enthronement uh, over the years, going all the way back to Father Matteo, uh, was not only adoring the Lord in the church or adoring the Lord in a chapel, visiting Jesus in adoration where the Eucharist, the host that's been consecrated in the Mass, is exposed for adoration and a monstrance, but also this thing of adoring the Lord in your home, nighttime adoration, you know, oh, and we're always under that, you know, that silent pressure to make sure that we give a plug for the Franciscans. So to my <laughs> left, you know, I have my boss here who's a secular Franciscan, you know, and there's that beautiful gift of being able to adore the Lord. And if you have that in your home, that sacred heart of Jesus, you know, very much cling to Jesus in the Eucharist, like St. Francis of Assisi. We look at Jesus on the cross. We look at Jesus in the crib. We see Jesus in the Eucharist. Does that get me off the hook? 
Francisca. There we go. <laughs> Fist bump. <laughs> and, you know, this night adoration, Father, Absolutely. that we're going to be starting to share is something for me that was new in reading the writings of Father Mateo in how night adoration was very much a part of a global effort for prayer and reparation, not really that long ago. And what the, you know, the graces Mm -hmm. that have come from that. And I believe our Lord is calling for a renewal of that in our day. Yeah. And it started because Father Matteo in the 1920s was visiting a convent in Paris and the sisters had perpetual adoration. And he saw the fervent love and the powerful prayer that the sisters would offer to the Lord Jesus on behalf of the whole world not just themselves, but on behalf of the whole world. And he started to just become overwhelmed with this uh, prompting from the Holy Spirit to encourage people to adore the Lord, to adore the Lord in the Eucharist, to adore the Lord in the Sacred Heart. But he also had that powerful attentiveness that while many can make it to an adoration chapel and many can make it to the church, there are those who cannot. And there are those who are not able to leave their home in the middle of the night. The sisters were adoring the Lord all day and all night, But he saw this opportunity for those who are not able to leave their homes in the middle of the night. They can do a holy hour in their home by allowing themselves to be fixed on the presence of Jesus who is in their home through the Sacred Heart. And that's really what gave birth to what we call nighttime adoration in the home. And uh, like Joanne said, it had a tremendous impact on the lives and on the households of those who participated in it. And uh, it's something very much worthy of our consideration as we're considering how to honor the heart of Jesus. And Father, I read that 28 years after he launched this idea that in the United States, our country was the largest amount of people or greatest number every month over 300,000 hours of reparation were being offered. So if you multiply that by 12, it was 3,600,000 hours of prayer and reparation just coming from the United States, from America. Exactly. Wow. Yep. It, it, it's just that, that really blew me away of, yeah. you know, the possibilities and that I, are there in our own homes. I think, Father, um, as we talked, again, those baby steps. Just yeah. start one hour exactly. a month. Yeah. One hour a month. For the family, yeah, do it at nine o'clock, whatever. And also, he stated that in the dark hours of the night, Satan goes about the whole world inciting men to evil. Jesus wishes to forestall, forestall the enemy and kindle in your hearts the fire of his love. So, in essence, that's why it's called night adoration. Yeah. Yeah, it was a direct effort to combat the presence of evil and the the reality of temptation. Uh, I remember when I was in seminary uh, the other couple of years ago, uh, (laughs) we were always told, you know, by our superiors at the seminary, it's like, you know, what good takes place after 11 p.m. out in the world? We used to tell our children that. Come home by 11. (laughs) It's always, you know, and it's not just safety and rest. It was, you know... 
Come back to that which is safe. Yeah. Come back to that which is peaceful, the home. Come back to that place where the Lord reigns. And Father Mateo saw that. And he saw that, you know, uh, at the nighttime, there's a particular weakness in our humanity. And if we have that opportunity Mm -hmm. in our home to make an hour, and like Chuck said, start with a baby step. You know, just choose one hour, one day, uh, a month, um, you know, anywhere from... Eight eight o'clock all the way up to seven a.m. Just choose an hour and spend that hour in prayer uh, before the Lord and intense prayer. Now a lot of people will say, "Well, what am I supposed to do in that hour?" Well, you know, we can start with the basics, right? We can pray the Rosary, and if you've done the enthronement but you're not exactly set or steady on praying the Rosary, you know, we we make available the prayers for the Rosary in the booklets. Mm-hmm. So pray a Rosary in that hour. Another beautiful opportunity in that hour of prayer. Consider praying the Litany of the Sacred Heart. You know, that's something that could be done every Friday in a home. Which Just is in your litany. manual. It's also in the manual that's given through the enthronement. But in that hour, that nighttime hour of prayer, nighttime hour of reparation, pray the rosary. Pray the Litany of the Sacred Heart. Enter into sacred scripture, the Word of God. Choose one of the Gospels and just slowly but surely absorb the words. And there's a lot of flexibility. A family can... You know, different members can take it. Yeah. You can make the hour as a family as a, yeah. or as indi- you can rotate among the individuals of the family. You know, and uh, one of the beautiful things about the Sacred Heart Enthronement is that I love the enthronement touches the hearts of those who are present and absent, those who are living and deceased. We're very, very uh, much open to what the Lord speaks about the unity of the family, not just those who are like there praying in the flesh, but those who are absent and those who have died. And uh, to allow the Lord to be the bridge. To allow the you know, Lord and to be he the describes uh, building a little shrine in the home with the image of the Sacred Heart, family pictures, add some flowers to them, really make it a special place. So when you do the Holy Hour, you really are open to adoring our Lord. And that's what he's really calls these people, night adorers. Yep. And what we'd like to do is start off, as Father said, just look at one hour. And and some of us are trying to do it this month to, to kick this off, is to take one hour and to become one of those night adores. And because our our family needs it and our country needs our prayers today. And St. Margaret Mary was told by our Lord, I think these two statements particularly, is just really pretty exciting. Speaking of the blessings that would come to those who practice this devotion of the Sacred Heart, Jesus promised that they would be blessed not only personally, but their friends and country would also be blessed. And then on another occasion, the Sacred Heart told St. Margaret Mary that the reparation of one just soul makes up for the crimes of a thousand sinners. I mean, the power in this night adoration is huge, Father. It, I'm something, this is something that I know Chuck and I are just discovering as we're reading more. Yeah, no, I think, you know, when we consider what uh, each one of us can do to help with mm-hmm. what's going on in the world, we're so easily overwhelmed. It's almost like we're squashed. You know, yeah. it's like, well, what can I do for these geopolitical and global issues? And, you know, the matters of everything from the weather to, uh, you know, people moving from here to there. Well, what am I supposed to do? But your prayers, your prayers are powerful. 
you know, the prayers of one person who's given themselves over to the Lord, totally, incredibly, completely powerful. And those prayers will benefit not just you and your loved ones, but like uh, St. Margaret May highlights, you know, the Lord says your prayers will have an impact on the whole world, your country, people you might never meet until the final judgment, until heaven. You know, the prayers of one person who truly loves the Lord, praying on behalf of those who perhaps are far from him or don't know him, you know, and that opportunity to bring that power of prayer into the home uh, and also to be very aware of the opportunity to adore the Lord in any of the adoration chapels and then to carry the fruit from that adoration chapel into your home. Oh, yes. By making that hour in the home. And you know, it's another way of um, challenging ourselves to not compartmentalize our faith. You know, mm-hmm. we can go to Mass in the church, we can go to adoration in a chapel, and then we come home and we just kind of fall back into a rut. And that's where the Lord is like, no, now you know, bring an hour of prayer into the home. Bring that nighttime hour of prayer into the home so that this place is truly another Bethany. And even Father Mateo, he threw out that challenge, knowing that families and homes and households and individuals who enthrone the Sacred Heart, the place where they live, it becomes a Bethany. So he cried out to those who have enthroned, Dear Bethanies, come out with lighted torches to meet Jesus crucified and prove to him that your house is really his dwelling place. Pay attention to him. You know, open your eyes, open the eyes of your heart and mind to the Lord and greet him with that lighted torch. And the, the uh, practice was even taken up in the prisons. Yes. That balsam yeah. Yeah. and San Quentin prisons. Yeah. Were, uh, they had cells transformed. They called them sanctuaries of reparation. They had gotten some prisoners to start making Isn't hours that of reparation. Yeah. Well, and I think um, going back to the home, um, and all of us know there's issues Today, particularly, there are so many technology instruments that are so distracting. And when people say, well, this is an old devotion. Why do I need it today? I know, Father, we talk about this is particularly relevant today. We need the Sacred Heart today. Every family needs the Sacred Heart today. And it's almost like, well... If you don't believe it, just try it. Right. Just, yeah. you know, you know, we were blessed to um, witness an enthronement. And I asked the person afterwards, I, I said to him, why would you be interested? Why were you interested in the enthronement? And he said, why not? Yeah, right. I mean, it wasn't yeah. theology. It wasn't, right. oh, yeah, this is what Scripture says. Yeah, saying. why wouldn't I be interested? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think... Just have faith. A beautiful openness. Open that door. Yeah. Open the door to Jesus. And again, go on enthronements.com, enthronements.com, register today. And again, we're just asking to do the preparation, expose, and now we're giving you ways, and Father's giving you ways to honor. And Father Mateo, I love another saying that he wrote, Put a drop of personal blood into the chalice, making a holy hour in your home in union with the offering of the body and blood of the divine victim on the altar. Yeah. Wow. Because he he knows. Father Mateo, when he initiated this uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the presence of the sisters who adored the night, he knows what um, how much of a, a challenge it can be to stay focused for that hour at night. Or, you know, the family's gone to bed, the little ones are in their bed, they're sleeping, and you're just exhausted, and you're just totally spent. 
But Father Mateo understood that that hour of prayer, that hour of focused prayer, is like giving a drop of blood to the Lord and just adding the, asking the Lord to take that drop of blood and just add it to the chalice. You know, show that, you know, Lord, your love, your presence, your sacrifice are not going to go unnoticed by me. I'm going to spend this hour with you. And Father, what if uh, you can't do an hour? Can you start with half an hour? Or well, like we said earlier, the most important begin? thing is to start, to begin, mm-hmm. yeah, to focus on those baby steps. You know, I, I remember, you know, it's like we were always encouraged um, to make a holy hour every day. And then the rector was like, now, once you enter into the active ministry and you're sent off to the parishes, you might say, well, I have to do like a half an hour here and then a half an hour there. And he said, but gentlemen, don't ever break it down into quarters. (laughs) It won't work. He was a good rector. Yes, he was. Yes. But he goes, you know, there has to be that kind of intensity and that fervency. But there also has to be an an acknowledgement of our humanity. We have to have that kind of, uh, it's almost like a plane. You have to be on the runway, and you have to speed up. You have to take mm-hmm. off, and then you have to land. Ooh, that's you a, can't really do all of that in 15 minutes in prayer. As a former flight attendant, I can relate to that analogy. You know, at this desk, everything is truly represented. <laughs> Flooring, flight attendant. I guess I bring the priesthood. To yes, the you do, Father. The most important of all. You know, and I think just... This is this, not scripted, by the way. I just need everyone out there no, to know this. Just this hour, I've been reflecting... Uh, Father Mateo really started the ministry right around 1900. Think of that. That's 120 yeah. 20 years later. He started it because he knew the family needed Jesus. Yep. It wasn't going to be the government that was the answer. Under crisis. It was, yeah. was going to be the family's going to be attacked, and you have a weapon, yep. and the weapon is the heart of Jesus. Yeah. Fast forward now today, every family, we need Jesus more than a hundred years ago. We need Jesus. Absolutely. Because of the the true situations going on in families today. And I know my brother was just in town. I was trying to explain there is hope. Yes. Because a lot of people listening today say it's gone. The family unit is gone. There's no hope. This is hope and a lifeline, Father. Yeah. And I think, you know, Father Mateo, who initiated the, what we call the enthronement, uh, like you said, Chuck, 120, give or take, years ago, and um, his voice was prophetic. His message, his pleading, his begging, his offering a remedy was all prophetic. And it was echoed by Our Lady herself in Fatima when she highlighted, there will be a great battle and it will pertain to the family. You know, it will be the family and the home. Um, and we're living in that moment where the family is under attack and people are literally being pulled apart by one another and from one another because of jobs, because of technology, because of stress, because of their school, their schedules, you know, everything. And then there's also the breakdown in morality. And so it's very easy to just kind of sit back and start wringing your hands and say, all is lost. We're just going to wait for the final coming. Oh, the enemy loves that. Yeah, he loves when we surrender. But the Lord is giving us his heart to revitalize the mystical body of Christ. And he's doing that by first seeking to enter into our homes, into our lives. And uh, for those of you who have been able to join us in this hour of the Sacred Heart uh, here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, we're grateful for the time you spent with us. And we invite you to join us next week again for the third installment in this month of June. But as we come to a close, we invite you to join with us in the Sacred Heart of Jesus Renewal Prayer. 
Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of our families, of ourselves, to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings. Share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know thee better, to love thee more, and to serve thee without faltering. Amen. 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 This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM 820 on WVSG Columbus and FM 88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.